Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a World Series post-mortem powder blue podcast. Frank Close here along with Jeff Mosher. Jeff, how are you today? I'm all right, Frank. You know, we're it's we're past a couple, you know, a day and a half past the, the result of Saturday night. And so I'm, I'm getting over it, but it's not easy. I, I've just enjoyed... <laughs> I've just enjoyed baseball and playoff baseball so much that it sucks that it's over. And, but I was thinking that, and we haven't thought this way in a while in this area, but like, because baseball lasted into November, you know, almost mid November here, sort of, um, it just, like pitchers and catchers is only about three months away. It's pretty cool <laughs> that it's not going to be a long off season like it usually is. But, uh, but you know, it was, it was a fun run. And to your point, all those off season awards that came out, it was like, Hey, JT won this, won the gold glove. Who the hell cares? There's a game. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Was, exactly. I see like exactly. I, all the other, all the other teams had to hang on to those, those little, little things with their whole fake, uh, finalist business where they just tease out some extra names to, to get people to pay attention. But right. Phillies fans were paying attention to one thing. And that was the team. So it's pretty amazing that th- this was this was one day shy of them playing in every possible game that you could possibly play in yep. this entire time, which is which is indeed pretty fascinating. But also the other point, Flyers and Sixers. Now I guess they can start now. <laughs> you know, yep. And then people it, can appreciate the undefeated Eagles a little bit more than yeah. You know, they've flown under the radar a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, Jeff, I was glad the game was out of the way Thursday because Sunday I needed to just relax. And the Cowboys and Giants having a bye made you worry less about football on Sunday. So yeah, I, I, I there was good mental space sports wise, especially in the Union too, man. Losing two championships in one day, how about that? Yikes! Yikes! I hope that that's not a harbinger or anything like that. But because <laughs> I was imagining, you know, now well now with the Phillies losing, you know, if the Eagles do win the Super Bowl. I think you'll have pitchers and catchers literally reporting the next week. <laughs> so it's true. Well, now, that you're the second, cool. now that you're the second Sunday of February, that that changes everything. So I, yep, yep. I've got my so. I've got my Airbnb booked. I've got my my flights booked for opening weekend to spring training. Probably be a little nice. bit a little bit busier down there uh, as things get underway. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm actually going to be in uh, Clearwater in a, in a few weeks too. So I'm kind of excited to see if there's any honoring of the you know what the Phillies did this year there. I mean, just see what it'd be like. So, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, man, that was rough. Those last few games of the World Series were pretty rough. The way it started, the way it finished, not the same. Definitely not. That two-one lead, everything seemed like it was going the right way, and and Jeff, ultimately, it was. 
the bats. The bats just stopped. Aside from a couple Kyle Schwarber home runs and a late inning RBI from Gene Segura, there is very, very little offense the last few days. Frank, the Phillies lost the World Series not because of any Rob Rob Thompson pitching decision. Um and possibly not for any Rob Thompson lineup non-decision either. They lost the World Series because Reese Hoskins, JT Realmuto, and Nick Castellanos, I believe, were something like one for 36. Yeah, uh, the, the last, last three, three four, games they combined last three games. for. Yeah. I don't even know. If they, who got a hit the last? Did JT have a hit the last game? I think it was JT because he got the hit yeah. in the ninth inning, right? Right. Of the, that of was game, the first um, hit. Five, right? That was the first hit from their fifty million dollars plus of right-handed bats. Yeah. In the lineup. in fairness, he he you know should have had a hit, but Chaz McCormick made an unbelievable play. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, have... that would just be two hits. <laughs> well, yeah, really though. The, but but those were the three that they spent big bucks on to yes. to, to hit, and those right, especially against Framber Valdez, you you needed the right-hand bats that day. Yep. But the fact that they weren't hitting, that just left very little incentive for anybody to pitch to, to Bryce Harper. Right. So as, as hot as he was, there was no reason for any team to throw him anything that he could hit. Now, he had, he had, uh, he got on base three times in game five, despite mm-hmm. all that, which was yep. two walks and a hit, which is fascinating. And, but, you know, again, game five, that was, that was the story of the, the solo homer from Schwarber. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that RBI from, uh, Segura, I believe it was, right? So. Yeah. But that, that's it. Last three games. One RBI from Segura, two from, from, uh, Schwaber solos. Yep. And that was it. And so to me, you know, Frank, and I, and I know it's the big discussion is Tom Thompson pulling Zach Wheeler in the sixth there. And I, I just don't, I think people are putting too much into that. I mean, it's very clear why he did it. And I think that when, when you look into why he did it, it makes a whole lot of sense. It's first and third. You've scored one run for the last two games. You've been barely able to hit the ball three, really. And you need to get Alvarez uh out. You need to strike him out because you need to yeah. keep that runner at third base the best you can. And to say Zach Wheeler was cruising is not unfair, but that's not really the argument. The argument isn't that Zach Wheeler couldn't get Alvarez out. The question is, could he have struck him out? In that situation, right? I mean, you wanted your best percentage, your best scenario for a strikeout, and it's no doubt about it. Jose Alvarado, left-handed, nine times out of ten, you want. That's what Alvarado had been doing for the series. That's what he was supposed to do. He did throw a 99-mile-per-hour pitch. You do have to credit Alvarado for hitting cutter, although it was a little flat. I mean, it was in the zone, so that's not great. But that, that to me, is is not where the, the series was lost, and it wasn't – and I hate that it's being painted as one of these, uh, you know, worst decisions in Philly playoffs. No, that was a deci- that was a smart decision because it's the decision he's been making all playoffs, and it worked. It just just didn't work this time. It backfired. And the Phillies remarkably had been getting Alvarez out. You mean like before this? I can't remember if it was on this or some other show I was on. I did a lot. I did a lot of media the last two weeks. Right. But Jordan Alvarez, best left-handed bat in the AL. Hands down, in my estimation, right? And the Phillies, for the large part, except for that three-run homer, kept him silent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's just – I think that people still in our city, which still clings to old-school baseball, I think they interpret 
Tomper moving, removing Zach Wheeler as losing faith in him to get the out as if, and also as if I think people in our city still look at it as when you take out your starting pitcher, when he's pitching well and you go to your bullpen, you're electing to go to some, a, a pitcher who's weaker, but you're not. Zach Wheeler was great. He was throwing 97, 98, 99. I mean, his, his velocity was back and it was great. But when you go to Sir Anthony Dominguez, when you go to Alvarado, you're going to a pitcher who's also throwing 97, 98, 99 and dominating. So you're not, I think people have to get rid of this idea that, oh, you pulled your starting pitcher to go to your bullpen. No, you pulled one great pitcher to go to another great pitcher who just happens to be left-handed against a left-handed batter. You weren't losing anything. This is like the Rays from a few years ago. The you weren't mm. losing when you went to uh God, who are they? Like Fairbanks and um they had I think Alvarado was actually on that team, right? He was. That, yeah, yeah. Fairbanks and Alvarado and they had a couple other guys whose names escape me right now. They had the guy who's left hander with the beard. But like that that was their strength. So it's not interpreted as Rob Thompson losing faith in Zach Wheeler. He just wanted a lefty versus a lefty, and that's completely fair and reasonable. Yeah, and it's and it's unfortunate. And I think too, going into that game, we had no idea what Zach Wheeler was going to give you. The fact that they were saying, "Well, Rangers ready to back him up if, like, so because of his dead arm or whatever they were fatigue, whatever they were saying that that Zach Wheeler had. I mean, kind of too, it felt like that at any moment, Zach Wheeler would run out of gas because yeah, he was throwing. Like I saw him throw a pitch of ninety nine in the first inning. I'm like, well, I guess he's back. But yeah. at the same time. If he really is has that deep fatigue, I mean they 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 essentially said we're 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 not gonna set him up to pitch on game five and then right. pitch pitch and be available for game seven. Yeah. Uh, so you know you were expecting him to to be able to fall off a cliff at any time. At least at least that's what I was thinking. Yeah. No. I we talked about that in the podcast leading up to the the two games in Houston that we were sort of trying to read the tea leaves behind what was going on there. They give him an extra day. Even Zach Wheeler himself said time will tell if it works. I mean, it seemed like he was just going to go out and run on fumes out there. But instead, he looked like the Zach Wheeler that you would normally expect. And that raises questions about, well, would he have not been able to do that, you know, one game earlier? Like, what's the difference, you know? So I, th- I think that's that's a, a fair point to question. And honestly, I, I'm not going to sit here and absolve, you know, Tomper for everything. I think if you're going to be that strategical with your arms, you could have been more strategical with your bats. And mm. I do think as you looked at the way the last three games went, and we were, we were saying this is not hindsight because you and I felt this going into the series after the first two games that you had to do a better job of protecting Bryce Harper. And you, what you could have done is batted him third and real, or I mean, batting, uh, yeah, yeah right. Harper third and then Real Muto. Harper third, Real Muto four, not have Castellanos behind Harper, maybe even have Bohm uh, batting ahead of Castellanos. Like they did, that's where I look at Rob and I say, I think, you know, with your pitching staff, you had no problem being analytical and strategical, but you took the opposite approach with your batting order and you basically said, I'm just going to go with what got us here. But that was also the order that got you to game six, but not because of your bats, because of your arms. I mean, your bats have been quiet for two games at least. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I just think he was afraid to make a move there, but he shouldn't have been. And that kind of was the story of the, the 2022 Phillies bats going cold at times. Which, oh God. Yeah. Which even, even the 2011 Phillies that won a million games 
you know, as a lead to lead all of baseball, they, they even had those issues as well. So I think it kind of comes when you, when you go for the, the big power bats, you're going to have a power outage. And when you're facing arguably the best pitching staff in baseball, I mean, is, it, do, is that fair to say that the Astros might have yeah, the best pitching by a mile, Frank, right? By a mile. I mean, I mean, it, think about it. The guy who pitched the best only pitched once. This <laughs> I mean, Christian Javier could have been the yeah. World Series MVP, and he only pitched once. <laughs> yeah, uh, who was the MVP? I don't even—I didn't even pay enough attention. It was the kid, <laughs> Pena. 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 Well yeah. deserved. Well, uh, well deserved. Yeah, honestly, uh, honestly, I saw all I needed to see. I think uh, mm-hmm. you know, when the game ended, so I <laughs> didn't even stick around to see. It was, it was, he was either going to be him or Framber. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was either going to be him or Framber, but he did seem to get every big hit that he, you know, they needed. Which is weird, by by the way, because I'd like to go back on almost. I felt like in the first two games of the series, he had hits in each game, but he also had a bunch of strikeouts. I felt like he was waving at the outside slider, and they were just hammering it on him, and he kept striking out on it. And it seemed like when he was getting hits, uh, the last few games, it was more on high fastballs. I was a little surprised. It feels like they didn't take the same approach to him uh, in the last few games that they did in the first few games, and then that hurt them. But again, you know, this is just an indication of, of how the post-cheating Astros, I know we talked about this last time, but the post-cheating mm-hmm. Astros have done a fine job replenishing the talents. Yep. I mean, Pena, a third round draft pick, you know, they, 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 <laughs> that's the, they got so much out of him and, and you know, they were able to have him ready when Carlos Correa walked away. And of yep. course, Correa, a dominant player and it is, and they're going to, they're going to let Justin Verlander walk away. Why? They've got arms. <laughs> they do. They will they... not miss a beat. You know, Urquidy was one of their better kind of, um, you know, he's like their Suarez, right? He's like a reliever. He's a spot starter. He can do pretty much anything. And I think he only pitched, what, twice in the series? Once maybe? Yeah. And he's good. Just... <laughs> he's really good. And they did it without Phil Maton, you know, whose, whose temper tantrum kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, they've got, they've got somebody ready to, to, to slot right into the, uh, the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be Hunter Brown, who we didn't see, but, uh, he is a right-handed pitcher that's, that's ready to, uh, ready to take over, I think, for, for Justin Verlander. So pretty, pretty impressive that they've got, they've got these, these pieces that they can just pop right in and, uh, big, big credit to, to that, that system there. Now, uh, I do want to talk about Dusty Baker for a second. So after all these years, his whole career finally gets his World Series. I, I think, I think he might retire. <laughs> there was some, oh my there was, God. I hope he does. Yeah. There were some reports, uh, that, that both he and the GM, uh, were ready to leave town because they don't like the owner, which is, should be a surprise to nobody Shocker. who paid attention, <laughs> who pays attention. Um, in fact, that's how the Astros got in the AL. AL. They were like, "We hate you. Well, we'll let you buy the team if you move to the AL." <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So this 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 could be his his final final story. Uh, which is amazing. He's taken four teams to deep in the playoffs. Remember the Phillies faced him. That was he was on the he was the 2010 Reds manager when uh mm-hmm. the, when Roy Halladay pitched his no hitter in the postseason, right? So yep. So they he goes way 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 back and managed the the Nationals to the World Series a couple of years mm-hmm. back and and they are forty with ninety five games with them. Um, Bryce Harper was still on the team before they yep. made the before they won the World Series, right? Was. And then um then of course the the, the San Francisco Giants. Giants of the early two thousands they were they were something too. So 
What 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 a career! He's 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 headed right to the Hall of Fame. He, he absolutely is, and and uh, as much as I hate to say it, I'm, I'm you know now that we're digested, I'm happy for Dusty to finally get that elusive championship. He's had some really good teams, um, and you can argue that he's sort of contributed to the, some of those teams that didn't win. There's that what was that famous game? Uh, pulling uh, Russ Ortiz from, and then he's also known for keeping stars in too long at times. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's had some some interesting ones. But, I mean, this one, he was sort of in cruise control. He just put his guys out there, and they got the job done, uh, as they did. So, And then you're right. The, the Astros have much less work to do this offseason to get back to the World Series than the Phillies do. The Phillies have a lot of a lot of work to do. Because, that one uh, second. I just want to bring up one more thing yeah. while we're talking about Dusty Baker. I had never sure. heard of this before. Do you know he is often credited as inventing the high five? You know what? I read that somewhere, <laughs> but I I am shocked by it. I don't, where did that come from? How they did someone say, invent the high five? They say, and and so the story goes: in 1977, Dusty Baker hit his 30th home run of the year, uh-huh. playing for the Dodgers. And as he's rounding the bases, a rookie named Glenn Burke met him at home plate, raised his arm in the air, and Dusty slapped it. So that is that is one of the. Uh, what did they do before the high five? I don't know. I, didn't, I, I just kind of took it for granted as being around. I mean, <laughs> me too. There's a few things on the internet now. There's lots of. There's, there's, that's not the only story people tell, but, um, but it's 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 something that uh, <laughs> that people often believe was was the first high five in history. Now some some credit the Louisville Cardinals in '78 <laughs> and '79, which would have been later, but I don't think I don't think it's a uh, do we know who invented exact the science. fist pound? <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, that that Dusty Baker's been in this game so long that uh, almost 50 years ago he is credited as. I just I don't know. That's been around my whole life, so I just assumed that it was a, always a thing. But uh. well, well, winning the World Series now just took like it leapfrogged <laughs> inventing the high five as far as the great things that Dusty Baker has done in his life. <laughs> Yes, and also also notable, he's only the third black manager to to win a World Series. So uh, in the course of the history of baseball, so that's yes, that's also one for for the rec books. Dave Dave Roberts just did it a couple of years ago. So right, I'm trying to remember um, who the first one. I knew Roberts was the second. That's uh, a great question. Uh, shoot, it wasn't Moise. What? No, he no. didn't. Well, first of all, he's he's is he Dominican? He's Dominican. He? Yeah. Uh, Cito Gaston. Oh God. Cito, of course. How do we not? Oh, how do we? Jesus, how did right. I forget that? I, maybe right. I want to forget that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Although his first was not um, against the Phillies, they had won in '92 ahead right. of the '93 World Series. But yeah, Cito Gaston, Dave Roberts, and Dan, now Dusty Baker. Very, very exclusive uh, company there. So, so Baker is. Uh, so Baker is also uh, going to be remembered for that as well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, oh, and of course he has 2,000 wins otherwise as a manager, which is fascinating. All right, so you so you mentioned the work to do. I get, I, I no, it's it's a shame you have to you have to turn to this, but uh, you know, I I think uh, there's a lot of people out there giving all kinds of analysis on Twitter. I've I've basically stayed silent on Twitter <laughs> since the loss, but there is some work to do, and I and you know, where do you even begin, Jeff? Ugh. It's going to be tough to make some decisions, right, Frank? Because there has to be a sort of a domino effect with Bryce Harper and his elbow. What there absolutely does. And <laughs> if you're if you're asking me, um, so they 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 end up wrapping up the series on Monday. I mean on Saturday, 
Sunday, take the day off, and to me today they're like, all right, Bryce, schedule your surgery. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think this is the day that they need to schedule some the Tommy John surgery. I think the long term plan shows that having Harper in right field makes all the damn difference, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to somebody else uh, being the DH, um, you know, or being locked in the DH and, and keeping it from somebody else. I think that that had a lot of trickle down effects on this Phillies team. I think so. A hundred percent, you know, and yes, we, and we've talked about all the reasons. I think people know why it's from a defensive standpoint. So that would be, that'd be number one. Um, number two, they, you know, from an offensive standpoint, I think you have to figure out what you're doing with Reese Hoskins offense slash defense. And, and I, you know, you know, and to me, the I, DH, I just don't know how you bring him back to play first base. I the, just don't know DH how. The has a lot to do with it. The fact that the Phillies have weak defense at I will say this. Alec Bohm has exceeded most people's expectations at third base. I, sure. I'm actually okay with them, you know, riding Alec Bohm at third a little bit longer. I mean, you know, I think he showed enough that, that, that mm-hmm. I, I have no qualms. I would, I would also understand if they moved him to first, but I still have no qualms if Alec Bohm stayed at third base, but third Agreed. base, left field, right field, first base, I, you got to improve one of those positions in my estimation this offseason right. defensively. Right. I mean, I think you, you would probably have to put Schwarber at first base, right? And, and, and try to move Castellanos to left field. And then if Harper's not ready to play right field by, you know, spring or whatever, then you've got to have a good deep bench. I mean, they were able to survive without Harper for a little bit anyway when he, when he broke his finger. So, um, they'll have to do something offensively, but. I mean, I, I think that there's really the only option. I, I don't know how you can bring Reese Hoskins back to play first base and then keep Schwarber in, in left and expect to be better. And by the way, the circumstances, I, I know some people who like Reese Hoskins might overreact like this is a slight against him. He no. is what he is. Yeah. He is a very good ball player. He's going to hit you 30 home runs. He has value. I mean, that's part of the equation too, right? That he is a player sure. with one year left on his deal. He's got a lot of value. And probably can be traded to somebody that's looking for a good DH. And yeah, I mean, would... the Red Sox traded Nomar Garcia Parr. I mean, you know, Reese Hoskins can be traded, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this could play, you know, the way I look at it too is if you, if you trade Hoskins, now what do you get for him? Obviously you're just not going to dump him, right? That's, that's part of, part of this equation is you're going to get some value somewhere else. Right. That, that will help your team. Now, whether that's prospects, whether that's a major league piece already, that depends on who you make the deal with. The important thing is you get some value back in return, right? This is not, mm-hmm. this is not dumping Reese Hoskins because he sucks. And I just want to be very, very clear about that. Absolutely. But absolutely. I wish, let, away, listen, I wish Reese Hoskins was, had improved more at first base because I would love to still have Reese Hoskins here. And it's honestly, not you even wish, about the streakiness. You wish he had the DH position for him. But you know, yes. even if you do, as I just said, and, and Bryce Harper is scheduling his surgery. When he comes back, he is not playing right field probably next year. So he might miss a couple months and then spend the rest of the year as a DH. So right. you need that DH position for, for, for Bryce Harper next year. It just, just, it is what it is. And, mm-hmm. uh, he's the one that you're signed to 13, 13 years. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, trade Castellanos. Well, guess what? After the year he had, people are not eager to pick up four years and $80 million on Castellanos. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. That's just, that's right. just the reality. Everybody backed them getting him. And I will say this. If you look at, if you look at Castellanos month by month, he had three months out of six that he batted over 300 for this Phillies team, which mm-hmm. is hard to believe, right? 
because right, it lows, is hard to believe. His lows were kind of low, but he batted 300 three of the six months this year, and I think it's very reasonable to think he's going to have a better year than he did this year. So, so but anyway, I know John Smoltz thinks that he's he said it almost every single game. Yeah. <laughs> I just tune. I don't know. How everybody gets worried about the announcers. I just mentally tune them out. I, don't I like Swole. I have no no issue with with anything. I, you know, does he have the most energy in the world? No. You know, he's not obviously not John Madden in that regard. But from an insight standpoint, I think he's fantastic. He just yeah. you know misses what what Madden and Romo give you, which was great insight and and flair and energy and all that. But so here's part of the equation for me too, Jeff. So Hoskins mm-hmm. has one year of arbitration remaining. He's probably going to be a $15 million player next year. Gene Segura making $17 million if you keep him. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to keep him. I think that's too much money for Gene Segura. Agree. And then Didi's money comes off the books too, right? They're still paying Didi his 14 for the year. So right. to me, if you, if you are adding up all the money that's coming off the books there, maybe a combination of Segura, Hoskins, Didi, you can spend for a Trey Turner. You know, how much better is this Phillies lineup, if you think of it this way, that you have Trey Turner at shortstop, batting second every single day, mm-hmm. move Stott over to sh- uh, to second base, and so that Hoskins money helps go towards someone who's going to be a better number two hitter and might be a more, might, might be better suited to bat second, and you can improve your defense on your roster at the same time. How would you feel about Turner batting first? That works. I mean, I guess it depends I'm, on the I'm, final, final. Good. To, to me, it just depends on the final collection of players. I mean, you know, they're going to do something. And yeah. You know that, I, and I, you know, is, is the only way I could see Gene Segura coming back is if they say, Hey, listen, we love you. We got to decline your option. Go see what's out there. And if they sign into basically what Cesar Hernandez got this year, which is like mm-hmm. five million bucks or something, like maybe, but. Right. But the, that that's too big an expenditure for that position, in my, especially when you have the opportunity now to hit on a hot shortstop market. Right, right. I just I only asked that because I mean I I was a supporter of, of Klaus Schwarber being a leadoff hitter because you know it, it's the new wave of leadoff. You got power, you got on base percentage. He sees a lot of pitches, but he did not have a high on base percentage this year, and it was about fifty points lower than what it was uh in 2021 and it was even lower by about 20 points by his career one so i don't know if we look at that and say just one of those things and by the way i mean i don't put a whole lot of stock in batting average these days but that that dropped considerably as well so he was hitting dinger after dinger and that was great i I would like to know i don't know maybe you have the the way to find it how many of his 46 home runs were uh were solo shots because, well, a lot because he was batting first. I mean, it's well, just, yeah. I, well, not all of them let off the game though. I mean, I, yeah. Well, know. I know, but but also the bottom of the lineup at times was cold. So yeah. So I I would think if Turner could lead off, if the, I'm saying if Turner, Turner or somebody differently, you know, they brought in to be a lead off, then you could probably you'd probably want Schwarber. Well, it's weird because Bryce is left hand. If I want Bryce batting third. Because I want him up, but he's going to miss some of the inning. season, so maybe you have to have Schwarber third for a while. Yeah, that's fine. I would do that. I might do that too, or even second, maybe. You know, just to have like a good. If you had a higher on base percentage guy, right-handed batter leading off, you know, steals a second or just gets on, and then Schwarber's up with a runner on base, I feel a lot better about that. And if he's if he's doing better from a, t- a walking standpoint, that's even great because then you got two guys getting on base at one and two, which leaves 
for either Harper or whoever's batting third to have a real nice, you know, comfortable at bat right there. So I, I just don't, I don't know if they're going to look at Schwarber and say this was kind of an anomaly year where, yeah, your power was there, but your on base percentage wasn't. We'll leave you there and expect you to be better next year. Or if they're going to feel like, if we're going to get 40 home runs out of this guy, we need to have people on base in front of him. So we got to move him down the order a little. Yeah. I think, I think it depends who you get. I mean, you've got, you've got the deep, you've got the deep shortstop class. You got Bogarts, you got Correa, you've got Turner. I think they'll be particularly interested in Turner. I think they'll be, um, Bryce Harper is particularly interested in Turner. Kevin Long sure. is, <laughs> is definitely interested in Turner. So uh, that's why I would like to, to see, See it be Turner. Of course, you saw Turner terrorize the the NL East for for years. Mm-hmm. By the way, you remember you remember how the uh, remember how the, the the Nationals got Trey Turner? This is this is like one of the worst trades ever. I forget who they got him from, Frank. Well, it was from the San Diego Padres. Uh-huh. Uh huh. By the way, for, for the Padres, oh they really managed to. Really managed to screw this up, right? So this was, this was, uh, like a multi-team trade. Uh-huh. And it was Washington sending Steven Souza Jr. and some minor league lefty named Travis Ott to Tampa Bay. Uh-huh. The Rays traded Jose Castillo, Ryan Hannigan, catcher, and Will Myers, along with pitcher Gerardo Reyes. Now you know Will Myers, right? Yes. And then the Padres, let's see here, uh, sent. My God, this is, this is criminal. So the Padres send Jake Bowers, catcher Rene Rivera, Reddy Birch Smith, and a player, uh, oh, and Joe Ross, pitcher, <laughs> and a player to be named later. Don't tell me Trey Turner was the player to be Turner, named. Yeah. Oh my God. And the oh issue was, God. he was not drafted a whole year yet, so they had to, they had to make him a player to be named later. Oh. One of the worst trades ever made. Like, I, I don't get it that, that man, <laughs> some Larry Anderson for Jeff Bagwell, uh, stuff right there, man. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't get it. And so, uh, so the Nationals, I mean, the, uh, the Padres who just emptied out their farm system now, like, well, watch out, you know, with more trades with the Nationals, right? Yeah. But, uh, uh, man, that's, uh, that's that's you know we just went through them, but man, AJ Preller, how he keeps his job in uh, mm-hmm. in San Diego, I I I don't know. No, but so so and one one thing we should focus on, Frank, is when they look at free agency and the construct of their lineup next year, there's not going to be a shift. Teams will not be allowed to shift anymore. So you would like to see an emphasis on guys who can hit the ball with like con, you know consistently contact. Hit to the gaps. It doesn't have to be all power or nothing, you know? I mean, they've yeah. got a little bit too much of that. Well, I mean, the free agent market, I, you know, I think, I think that's not always the best. Uh, <laughs> um, let me just pull up this list really fast just to see who uh, there was nobody that really wowed me at, at most positions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, first baseman. I mean, if you want to get a, if you want to get a, a defensive first baseman, I mean, you could get Anthony Rizzo if you wanted. Um, if if you do make a trade, if you don't want to, you know, shuffle your defense some more, if you want to actually improve at at first base, but do you yeah. need that other lefty bat? Then you get um, that whole power and only power thing. Oh wait, you said I'm sorry. Who'd you say? Uh, Anthony Rizzo. Oh, for some reason I thought you said Joey Gallo. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would not recommend Joey Gallo on this no. <laughs> this no. team as. As constructed, but, but yeah, but I mean, you look at, you look at, you look at the uh, option, Josh Bell, okay. 
Um, I don't know that he's he's super defensive at at first base, but uh, no, Rizzo would be nice. Rizzo, I do, I do like him, that Josh reunite him with Schwarber. Yeah, there you go. I do like that Josh Bell is a uh, switch hitter, so uh, that is you know, true. He can play an okay first base, but uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not 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 earth shattering, but it'd be a nice piece if you know you know you're going to be squeezed a little bit, but. Um, but shortstop is the only position that really has got stuff. Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, and I forgot to mention Dansby Swanson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who's a heck of a nice player as well uh, with the Braves, which the Braves haven't been re-signing their own lately. So, mm. um, so he might be somebody who, who might be an option. Again, they, again, a player they got in an, in an, in an ill-advised trade. <laughs> who was it from the, uh, from the um, Diamondbacks, right? Mm-hmm. What was it? What pitcher was it? It was, it was, some, it was, it was, it was some ridiculous, another ridiculous trade. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but that that's where all the uh, that's where all the uh, options are. Uh, third base. One reason I want to keep Alec Bohm there is there's not a whole lot at at third base. Uh, you know, it, maybe Brandon Drury. Does he he excite you at third base? I like Brandon Drury. I like he's him, a good player, but he's just, you know I I, can, I don't need it. Well, what I like about him is he can play. Third base and the outfield, if I'm not mistaken. He could, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you could get him as somebody. You might, maybe, but if you sign him, you might be the guy that pivots around, especially with Harper out. You know. Yeah. So he, uh, he could be could be valuable. I don't know what. No, he's I, I'm not. Really, you know, I like Boom. I like Boom. I'm like you. Let's let's put him at third base and let him continue to improve. He made not just routine plays, but he started started to make really difficult plays as well at third base. So you saw yeah. really good development there. And I and obviously and if you if you Find yourself a first baseman who can pick the ball out of the dirt every once in a while, then that's going to make your third baseman look even better. Yeah, and then I mean, other free agents, you know, looking out there. I mean, unless you want Matt Duffy, uh, aka the guy that wore number five immediately after Albert Pujols left the Angels. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what he's best known for, I guess. But he's like 32. Uh-huh. I mean, but there's 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 like there's not a lot of options there in the outfield. You know, you want to take a chance on a Tommy Pham. Um, but a lot of them are, you know, mm. Adam Duvall, well, Joey Gallo, you mentioned, but I, I, I don't think he's a good fit. Andrew Benatendi, maybe. I don't Benatendi's know. Benatendi's an interesting one. I don't love him, by the way. He's yeah. sort of like a singles hitter and on, but he, you know, on high on base percentage could be a good leadoff guy. Like I, I would not, but he's a center fielder, is he not? I mean, you've got Marsh there. So yeah, center um, field, center field is fine. I, you know, yeah, you just yeah. traded for, you basically, I think a lot of people don't realize about Marsh. They traded for a prospect that's going to grow into this position. So I, you know, they're, right. you know, you're not getting a center fielder and, and, uh, oh yeah, there's some guy named Aaron Judge that's a free agent, but I, I don't know. <laughs> How about this? Let's, let's see the Phillies get Judge and Jacob deGrom. Then they're there good. you go. <laughs> but seriously, I think the other side of the, the equation is the pitching and what's going to become of Abel and Painter. Painter. More so. I mean, they're both really yeah. good, but Painter. Like, are they going to start this year off in AAA, you would imagine? Yeah. And then how soon will they be ready? I mean, you can't bank on it. You just never know. They could struggle. You, you can't bank on it. But if Painter can come in and be a three or a four, I mean, that's, you know, who has number one upside. That That's a great thing right there. I think you get, I think you stock yourself with five starters and then you let him force his way in. I mean, that's what I, I would agree. Do. I agree. So you've already got, you know, Wheeler, you've got Nola, you have Suarez. That's your three. Um, I mean, pick, Eflin can't be a Eflin, they have an option, anymore. but it's a lot of money. It's like 15 million bucks. I don't know if he's going to be one to come no, back. 
I don't I think mean, he can be a starter anymore. Yeah. That's probably what's going to be come down to. I mean, the Phillies might say to him, like, look, we like you as a reliever. We'll pay you reliever money. Yeah. I would be okay with that. Right. Uh, Do you want then, to consider might, bringing mm-hmm. – I would just say somebody – people are desperate for starting pitching. They might pit, Somebody might pay him a starter's rate to, to try to start, even that's though true. I don't think his knee can handle it. Right. Do you want to consider – Falter as your number five, and you're out looking for a number four. Or I'd rather you do a little better. Yeah, you could do better. I mean, could, free agent could. wise, of course, Degrom's out there. Carlos Rodon, uh, you oh, know, he's, hey, listen, he, I mean, I'd, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna, he's he's a nice player. Um, Chris Bassett, I like if if he doesn't take his mutual option, which he might not. Mm, uh, Verla- Verlander, kinda, yeah, would, would you would you would you sign forty year old Verlander for a year? Yeah, I would. And maybe somebody like that's of 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 uh, usefulness. Uh, sure. So there's 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 some out there. I think a lot of them are older. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, could, would you would you would you bring back Thor in a one year deal? I mean, a lot of them are going to be like Thor that are out there, but just different. Yeah. You know what? Sure. Sure. So I think it depends on what he's going to command, and uh, you know, you know, I think their hesitancy to use him a lot down the stretch. I mean, in the big games, I think that says something, but. Right. What's yeah, Kershaw's but, status, by the way? Is he, uh, isn't he a free agent? Kershaw's not going anywhere. Yeah, he is a free agent. I, I, I don't really I, think he's going anywhere. He's 35 now. But I, I can't imagine him going anywhere but LA. Okay. I really don't. Well, what about Martin just, Perez? Just like Aaron Judge. A, I don't think Aaron right? Judge is going anywhere. I agree with you. I don't think Aaron Judge is going anywhere. Not at all. But who knows? I've been surprised before. Yeah. Martin Perez? Martin Perez, yeah. I mean, Martin like, Perez. Yeah, he's an old guy. My, yeah. I don't know. There's lots of guys like that. Michael Walker. Well, do you consider bringing Gibson back? I mean, you said you could do better than Falter. I mean, if Gibson's your five, are you are you happy with that? He's so up and down. I mean, but that's what fours and fives are. I mean, as, as experienced as he is, Martin Perez is only 31. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Gibson will be 34 next year. I mean, I like Gibson, but, you know, you just got to realize he's a number five starter, and if you're not going to pitch him in the playoffs. I mean, um, and we, you know, we have all off season talk about a lot of this stuff, but, uh, but I do want yeah, to bring up, yeah. one, I do want to bring up one thing too. Like I did hear somebody make the point if they had just gone a little bit deeper and gave something up and got a better starter than Thor that they thought could start in the playoffs, this might have gone a little differently. Um, like who? Rodon. What did they I mean, have to give up? I mean, at that they would have point, had to give up a real, give... a real impact yeah. prospect, not not right, not Mickey Moniak. Right, but they'd already given up Ohapi, so like yeah. I don't know who. I mean, I I would I would not personally have given up McGarry or the two other Abel or Painter to get a a slightly better version of Thor. No way, you know. <laughs> oh, and McGarry could work his way into the conversation this year too, but but yeah. that's what that's why I might try to get a couple one year vets to see what you can do to. To kind of sure. bridge the gap, you know. Carrasco, I think he's a free agent. He has an option, I think, but uh, oh, that'd be okay. something if he comes back to the Phillies after all this time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Although I wanted them to claim him when they he got DFA'd by Cleveland, and then he ended up like <laughs> resurging uh, and, and being very good. So yeah. he could have. There was a point in time the Phillies could have had him back for nothing. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a whole off season to talk about this stuff, but uh, I think I think based on the fact that we could talk about all these possibilities, it will be a very interesting off season. 
Um, Bryce Harper already made comments. He was excited about the pieces that they're going to add to be even better next year. Assistant so we, GM Bryce Harper. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so we 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 await the uh, final word on what he's going to do with his elbow. Mm-hmm. And the off Philly's already had six players declare free agency. The off season has begun, Jeff. It has, unfortunately, but it has. I'm excited now. <laughs> well, we'll be with you this off season to talk about all the moves. But for now, this has been a World Series postmortem. I'm Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. We'll catch you soon. <laughs>